0: Hey, great show today. Uh, we talk about ESG. We talk about the shooting and the insanity that is going on with the media. But we do more than just talk about it. We show you the facts on what was happening in Buffalo, what the uh, what the actual manifesto says, what the media says, and how biased they really are uh also as i said the esg and uh definitely not an endorsement for um the uh congress u.s congress and uh, and brian smith that's definitely definitely not an endorsement because all my endorsements end in tears and so it's definitely not but good heavens it is a very important day tomorrow all across the country for election. We will have that tomorrow. Here's the podcast today. You're
1: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: All right, so let me start. Uh, let me first say hello to Pat Gray, who is filling in this week for uh, Stu, who is uh, uh, off having some plastic surgery done. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad I, he probably wouldn't want me to mention it, but it, it's quite, it's been quite disfiguring what has happened to him recently. And yeah. It's good yeah. to, so good to I'm have glad him. he's taking care of it though. I am too. Or trying to. We least. tried not to say anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried really hard. It tried tried, took what? We're five minutes into the show? Yeah. Seven. No, I don't mean now. Oh, I mean, okay. you know, over the, <laughs> over the last 20 years to not talk right, about. To, yes. His anyway. Disintegration. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, best of luck. We have you in our thoughts, not our prayers, Stu, but we do have you in our thoughts and your ongoing, extensive plastic surgery that you're you're doing. <laughs> uh, if uh, Bi- <laughs> this is from the Daily Beast, if Biden and the Democrats still have to answer for defund the police and CRT, the GOP should answer for the racist, violent theory that they've pushed. Republicans in mm-hmm. the conservative media ecosystem have to answer for the blood on their hands either through innuendo or direct statements, they continue to promote the white supremacist great replacement theory, which has yet again radicalized a terrorist to commit violence against people of color and they should be held accountable for their role in it. Okay, I would I would like to know, do you know anyone who is upset that America will what by 2050 be less white and whites won't be in charge? not a single person. I don't I don't know a single person. Do you have you ever heard a candidate for the Republican Party ever talk about that? Nope. Okay. I haven't either. We've Mi- never talked about it ever. We've never talked about it. We've never On talked about or it. Or off the air. Correct. Uh it is not an issue with the GOP. It may be the issue with some people uh and it is an issue online, but that's not a GOP theory. That's a Nazi theory. That's a racist theory. That's a Democratic Klan theory. Um, All right. Uh, We are still learning more about Peyton Gendron. This is from the Daily Beast. The 18-year-old suspected terrorist who killed 10 people. Suspected terrorist. I mean, he surrendered at the scene. Um, uh, killed 10 people in a racially motivated attack in buffalo however it is clear from his alleged manifesto that the great replacement theory which is now a mainstream gop talking point what uh, no no it's a flat-out lie a, a complete lie a talking point never I've never continues heard it. to radicalize men to, convince, uh, to commit violence. yet some Republican leaders and conservative pundits continue to promote this hate for the sake of votes, profit, and ratings. Never mentioned, I don't know anyone in my industry that believes it and is promoting it. By the way, for those who are like, you talk about the borders, That's not replacement theory. That's chaos. That's what that is. Um, Enough is enough until Republican leaders and conservative media stars. I think they're talking about you, Pat. Could be talking about Stu, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to bring him up because of that horrible, horrendous scar. That Anyway, Um, the uh, unless the conservative media stars explicitly renounce this white supremacist conspiracy theory, condemn it and disassociate from its peddlers. If they don't, it's fair to conclude they are entirely complicit with the message. Stu, uh, Pat, do you uh, do you renounce this white supremacist conspiracy? Yes. Do you condemn it? Yes. Will you disassociate from all of its peddlers? Completely, except that I never associated with them to begin with. <laughs> I know, and so. I, I don't know who they are. <laughs> I mean, if you can point them out, uh, let me know. I don't know who they are. Journalists and reporters must repeatedly hound Republican officials with follow-up questions. Uh, recall Democrats and President Joe Biden are still asked about defunding the police, even though it's not a mainstream G- a, a DNC position. What? <laughs> that is literally was a talking point. It was literally. T- people ran on that platform. Until it became unpopular. Now all of a sudden it's like what we didn't say that. Who said that. I mean Mm -hmm. this is crazy. Or about critical race theory panic. Even though it was revealed to be a bad faith Trojan horse. Created by right wing activists. To incite racial panic and anxiety. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. Crazy. Okay so let's now go into the facts. First of all. Replacement theory is not a mainstream Republican theory. It is a racist theory. If you are afraid of another race taking over. By 2050. You might want to you might want to discuss that with some people, and I don't mean people that think like you. Maybe you should call us and discuss it with us Um, because you're wrong Uh, What matters is the country being taken over by people who don't understand the Constitution and the way America was set up. That's the problem. Okay. last spring, as the uh, end of the academic year approached at Susquehanna Valley High School outside of Binghamton, New York, students were asked for a school project about their plans after graduation. The guy who was shooting uh, the supermarket up over the weekend said he wanted to commit a murder suicide. He claimed to be joking, but the state police were summoned to investigate. They took him into custody under state mental health law. He had a psychiatric evaluation in the hospital, but was released within a couple of days. Two weeks later, he graduated, fell off investigators radar. He resurfaced over the weekend, 200 miles away in Buffalo, where authorities say he opened fire at a supermarket in a predominantly black area, killing 10 people, wounding three others in the deadliest racist massacre in the United States history. You know, the one thing that I guess I guess you could say Uh, is that social media is not paying attention and tracking everybody, nor is the FBI. Now, if you're brought in uh, and you are threatening your students and murder-suicide, and you've published a 180-page manifesto, maybe we should look at that, you know? Maybe we should. Maybe, you know, hey, we had a... We had a tip on this guy. Oh, look at the manifesto. But apparently that wasn't done, even though the state has red flag laws. Hmm. Another gun law that doesn't Hmm. seem to do anything because they don't enforce it. Huh? So we read the manifesto or as much as we could read the manifesto uh, because it has been taken offline. And that is both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a it's a good thing because I don't want to spread the poison. It's a bad thing because the media can lie about everything and you won't know. So here's what we do have. A hundred and a pa- hundred and eighty page manifesto was written um, and they have been trying to, you know, blame Fox News and, and everybody else. Um, it attacks the. The news networks including fox news why for hiring jews now pat i know that's a republican talking point <laughs> um can you tell me if you had to put one uh well let me do it in a positive way which one of the two parties would be the most likely to support jews and israel republicans republicans why Mm -hmm. do you know that uh because it is the republicans who uh stand by israel every single time Mm -hmm. it's the republicans it was a republican president who moved the american embassy Mm -hmm. from tel aviv to jerusalem Mm -hmm. well that was just a dog whistle is that what that was yeah that was just a dog whistle Mm. um others have tried to uh link the shooter To right-wing politics, uh, right-wing extremism. But here's what the manifesto says. Quote, when I was 12, I was deep into communist ideology. Huh. Talk to anyone. That sounds really Republican, doesn't it? Well, it's a talking point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk to anyone from my old high school and ask about me, and you'll hear that. From age 15 to 18, however, I consistently move further to the right On the political compass, I fall in the mild, moderate, authoritarian, left category. Huh. Mm. Left. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. So he moved from the communist just to the authoritarian category. (laughs) Okay. So he's authoritarian left wing. But he's a capitalist. Oh, no. No. Uh, He says, um, I'm not a conservative because conservatism is corporatism in disguise and I want no part of that. Oh, that sounds very Republican. Very Republican. Mm -hmm. He's not a conservative. Well, it actually kind of does sound (laughs) like Mitch McConnell, except it's not because of corporatism. Um, Conservatism is corporatism (laughs) in disguise and I want no part of it. Okay, so, huh. He's not a conservative. And he doesn't like corporatism, but he's authoritarian. Sounds to me like the guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Um, He says, um, let's see. Uh, He also says that he was uh, inspired by the New Zealand uh, shooter, which that guy was a conservative, wasn't he? Wasn't he a conservative? Oh, no. No. No, he wasn't. No. Gosh, that's right. And how do we know? Oh, his manifesto. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, by the way, he talks about... Now, why wouldn't we read a manifesto on the air? I. Uh, you don't want to inspire anybody who's a little bit... Uh, yeah, you don't want their dreams to come true, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he specifically says... Um, that, um, there are New York strict gun laws, which is going to make it easier to carry out attacks. New Yorkers are limited to 10 round magazines and the crazy gunman, uh, says that means that others don't have enough bullets, uh, to, if they're armed citizens to actually fight back. Hmm. He then goes on to say his desired outcome from this rampage would be more gun control laws. Ha! Huh. Huh. Another really solidly yeah. Republican point, right? And he says more huh. gun laws because that would force Jeez. white Americans to fight back in order to regain their rights. Hmm. Huh. Heavily racist, authoritarian left and his goal was to get more gun laws Ha <laughs> wow we've got just a crack media don't we i mean they are on this is the best of the glenbeck program we are uh i'm thrilled thrilled to have a real esg warrior uh in the studio now marlo oaks he is the utah state treasurer and he gets it uh he is on our studio lot here meeting with uh, other state leaders from all over the country uh meeting with the heartland institute regarding esg his name is marlo oaks marlo how are you sir great it's good to have you here good to be here thank you so um <clears throat> you are, your background is investments. Yes. Right. And in 2008, your firm fared really quite well. Did yes. It not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was why.
2: Uh, well, it was different strategies that we had in place. And, and really, it, what's interesting is we looked at the market indicators. We had some indicators on, on market-based uh, information right. around the housing market um and and were able to avoid some investments and the
0: housing market went up and this is important for people to understand the housing market went up it, it wasn't called this at the time but it was social justice was it not correct Yeah. tell me explain that
2: so so essentially um the government decided that owning a home was a human right right for everybody in the united states everybody should own a home and so we are going to uh, twist the arm of banks right. to provide more capital. Correct. And you
0: can't open up new uh, banks in other areas unless you provide more home loans for these people in this disadvantaged area. That's right. Right.
2: That's right. And so all of this money floods into the housing market, creating all of these different securities. Right. And ultimately, it was too much capital. Uh, underwriting standards went down. Right. Mm-hmm. And what was the result? It was, it almost broke our entire system. Correct. Right. And so when we start messing with markets, we are creating huge problems. The misallocation of capital, either too much capital or not enough capital, it creates problems. And
0: that is the key. And I want you to know there's a new study out that shows that. Fifty percent, 50, 55 percent of the population is now aware of the Great Reset and ESG and have an opinion on it. It is the least popular. I mean, it's wildly unpopular with all three, uh, but it's the least popular with independents. Then with Democrats and the trail is Republicans because Mm. they say we're not going to get involved in the free market. This is not the free market no that's right and and i'm I'm really glad to hear those
2: statistics because i've told people this transcends partisan politics Mm -hmm. if you care about the united states of america you will be against esg this is not free market capitalism because free market capitalism is allowing capital to go where it would naturally go in 2015 there were 59 oil and gas funds raised globally 46.6 billion dollars in 2021, there were 11 funds raised globally $4.6 billion, a drop of over 90%. And the reason is because ESG investors, we have a group of entities, financial entities, that have signed on to different uh, initiatives globally mm-hmm. that are saying mm-hmm. we have to reduce carbon emissions to net zero and with that goal then they are now cutting off capital refusing to give capital where it is most desperately needed in this economy and that is in the oil and gas industry and that's a huge reason why we have inflation in gasoline prices this
0: is where governments always screw up they always screw up they are uh, saying we want to reduce to carbon zero so we're gonna we're we're sending this out to the oil and gas industry uh, and that message has gone through the banks and through investors. We're not going to invest in you for finding any more oil and gas. You're not the future. Right. Yep. And then the next in line there sees, oh, oil and gas is not the future. So I've got to build electric cars. Yeah, But nobody's talking about how fast this is happening and where we're going to get all of the electricity in the transition period
2: right and, and and what are we transitioning to to uh, you know we say okay we've got to get off oil and gas okay that's fine and dandy but w- w- where are we gonna get our power yeah right and and electric vehicles don't power themselves no they have to get the power from, from somewhere, someplace
0: right <laughs> if we would I would be for not ESG but I would be for the the, the switchover if it was cleaner, if we were doing, let's say, combined with we're going to build new nuclear plants. Yeah. So we had enough power to do it.
2: Well, where is the market? Right. Correct. that That's what we're getting away from, which is so dangerous. Right. Free market capitalism is essentially economic freedom. It's the ability for you and I to make our own choices about what we buy and
0: sell. OK, so you are trying to um, get people to understand in Utah this is extraordinarily, extraordinarily dangerous for them. Yes. Why? Um, It's it, it bypasses
2: our legislative processes right? So because the great new deal wasn't able to get through Congress, that didn't stop them. They went through, they're going through ESG through corporate America, which bypasses a legislative process.
0: And run against the constitution.
2: Absolutely. It undermines the constitution and ESG is fundamentally coercion. If you think about socially responsible investing, that's the idea that I'm going to avoid uh, certain industries because I Mm -hmm. don't want to participate in them. That's fine. That's your constitutional right. Uh, impact investing. I'm a huge fan of impact investing. That's where you are looking for a solution to a problem. It's about funding innovation to find solutions to our biggest challenges. ESG is neither of those things. ESG is has really hijacked the socially responsible investing idea. And instead of just avoiding Investing we are now going to engage in companies and engage the market and try to change them to the view that we have that we including have including
0: changing the board of directors absolutely which is so dangerous yes um, so you're you're on the e for energy for ESG um, or ecology you you're looking at the high rate of um, gas prices going up. And you're tying it right to ESG because we're not investing in that. Now. That's right.
2: Yeah, because if you invest in that, then, then you may get shamed or right. Whatever. I mean, there's a cancel culture there, and it's
0: incredibly dangerous. So how does this hurt the investor who has their money in some mutual fund? Let's yeah. start there. How yeah. does that help? Does well, that hurt?
2: well, this year, the best performing sector in the market has been oil and gas. And you're out. And you're not participating in it. So you are, by by definition, over time, if you are excluding a sector or company or whatever it is, right, you are either, over a, a business cycle, you are either going to have higher volatility lower returns, or a combination of both. And this year is a perfect example of what happens when you don't invest in oil and gas, because it is the best performing
0: asset class. Somebody has to look at these funds and see if they, because there's fiduciary responsibility. Absolutely, They can't just do this if it's not performing at least as well. right? Um, but I, I can't imagine how it is. Um, now, the state, as I see this, this is the way, you remember when, uh, you know, the bathroom, the uh, non-gender bathroom thing. Yep. And what was it? The Carolinas, Pat, do you remember? <laughs> North <laughs> Carolina. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they boycotted the state. And they said, we're not going to bring tours there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is a way, if you don't go along, before it hits the average person and th- and their choices personally, it's going to hit the states first. And this is a way for the state to be completely shut off, correct? Like Russia is shut off. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's potentially that's exactly right. It it is a way we, we are politicizing our capital markets to the point where we are no longer in control as a state. Uh, the level of uh, or the rate that we can borrow money in the capital markets. Utah has always had a triple A rating and all three credit rating agencies have rated it triple A. That's the highest credit Mm -hmm. in the world. And I've said for months that may not matter if we have some ESG score that says we aren't doing, uh, we might be extracting too much oil or our gun laws are too lax, whatever
0: it is, right? uh, S&P Global, which is a credit rating service, just said to all of the states, we're not just looking at your finances now, we're using ESG. That's right. So you may lose your AAA uh, well, they, status.
2: Well, they, they, they kept it separate, right? So they said, okay, you have your AAA. Um, but then they have an ESG score that's still problematic. Even if we have a triple A credit rating, because you're calling out something else that investors can point to and say, oh, well, you shouldn't really lend to Utah at the best rates because look at their ESG score." Right? For, forget the the credit rating. Right? That's and what is that going to mean to states? It, it means that you you have lost your uh, self determination, your sovereignty, your ability to drive kind of your own destiny how? right? how um, because if 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 and uh, s p global determines for some reason or the credit rating agencies dester- determine that there is some risk out there right that's a social risk or, or a, an environmental risk um and, and they point to that and give you a low score then investors may hold back money just like what they're doing with oil and gas mm-hmm. and therefore rates go up you have to borrow at a higher rate and uh all taxpayers in the state are hurt by that it hurts states and companies and and individuals it's incredible how how bad this
0: is it is all-encompassing and uh really i i personally think it's it's evil but it's genius i mean it's well thought out and well executed yes um and they are way down the road with it yes so what are you doing Uh, in your state to stop it
2: well we're we're uh i'm doing a lot of education number one um number
0: one thing only right around 50 percent don't know what it is yeah
2: and and we've got to change that people have got to understand and they've got to understand how this is different from free market capitalism how it actually undermines and destroys free market capitalism because it has nothing to do with free market capitalism in fact it's the antithesis of free market capitalism, and people have got to understand how this, uh, how it hurts their returns, their investment returns, mm-hmm. um, how how it causes inflation. Uh, we look at the 2008-2009 financial crisis and what a disaster that was. That's a, a result of the government getting involved in markets and trying to determine who can get capital and who can't. That's what ESG
0: is all about, and that made houses. Uh, less expensive, easier to get. Where inflation here is, you don't have the resources right. for the oil and gas, so those resources are sh- uh, are are uh, falling behind. Where and where the supply supply, isn't supply is in the coming market, out, yeah. Right? So that's c- just causing supply and demand.
2: Exactly. And and, and another thing that's so insidious about this, if you think if you're concerned about the uh, environment, and who doesn't want clean air and clean water, right? We mm-hmm. all want really that, do. right? Yeah. Um, So in order to solve a problem, we need innovation. And we've always relied on innovation in this country. We have the best innovation record in the world. In the world. And if we go down the ESG hole, we will destroy innovation because it is a massive wealth transfer of regulation and lawsuits and other, you know, service providers like accountants that have mm-hmm. to do all of the ESG scoring, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a huge transfer. There's no wealth that has been generated by ESG. No, it's it's this reporting um, th- that is being foisted on companies, public and private. It is like across the economy.
0: Marlo Oaks, who is the Utah State Treasurer, who had a uh, Wall Street Journal piece uh, out recently, and he is now meeting. Uh, with different states, different leaders here at our studio compact, uh, complex uh, over at the American Journey Experience. Um, he's meeting with the Heartland Institute regarding ESG. Uh, okay, so we were talking about how this is going to affect the average person.
2: Yeah, so, so we have a co-op power company. The co-op, meaning there's five different cities in Utah and Nevada, right, that that have this co-op power company. And recently, the insurance broker was approached by the current Mm. insurance underwriter Mm -hmm. for automobile insurance of the fleet vehicles. And they said, we are no longer going to underwrite the automobile business of the co-op. And they said, well, why? Because it is coal power, coal-generated power.
0: Even though the cars aren't. Yeah, (laughs) right. right. Okay.
2: and and so that's where we're going right I mean I I tell people this this is like uh, putting economic sanctions American companies against American companies you see this in war right Mm -hmm. in war you, you do economic sanctions against other countries now we have American businesses doing it to American businesses it is crazy and of course it's going to filter down they they have to control our behavior In order for us to to get to the net net zero i mean it is insane
0: i'm i'm sorry uh, because i'm so ignorant on this wouldn't the commerce clause have something to do with this the government is supposed to make sure that commerce flows freely and that's not what this is doing no that's right in in fact it it is it, it is really
2: substituting are pluralistic institutions when what I mean by that is the market is our most pluralistic institution Correct. because we have uh, individual players, individual people that participate in the market all with a different view about the future. And we are trying to conform everybody's view to right. one right to converge that view to one outcome that sounds and that destroys the pluralistic system that we have and leads to centralized control
0: so um marlo we've got about 90 seconds what what can people do or how can what what can people do
2: well number one is that we've got to get money out out of the big institutions that are driving this Blackrock State Street Vanguard those institutions have consolidated so much power and they've essentially hijacked passive investing and made it active uh, to, to drive
0: this agenda so if your money is in one of those you got you try to get it out
2: yes yes okay. and and that may that includes talking to your company if they have a you know a retirement system right. at your company you've got to tell them that you do not want your money politically and that you've got to have your money Uh, managed for a financial return. Number two is if a business is doing something that you consider offensive, like politicizing things, right? You need to call the company. Don't just stop doing business with them. Call them and tell them why. And conversely, if a business is not politicizing things and you appreciate that, then call them and tell them that you appreciate that. The last thing you can do is actually buy a share of a company and show up to their annual meeting and start asking them tough questions about why they're doing certain things.
0: Excellent, Marlo. Thank you very much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. To keep up the good work, and if I mean, if there's ever anything we can do to to help, um, the people need to know what it is, and we need strong leaders like you that will put it through. Well, thank you. And thank through.
2: you for your help in educating people on this. The
0: best of the Glenn Beck program. Okay, let's meet this this poor mom, Erin Lee, full-time working mother of three. Hi, Erin, how are you?
1: Hi, Glenn, I'm well, thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> you bet, you bet. I read your story and I just, uh, honestly, I am glad this isn't happening to my children because I don't think I have the restraint to be a decent human being if this was happening to my children. Um, Can you tell us exactly what happened?
1: Yeah, so last year, my shy, vulnerable, barely 12-year-old daughter who had just moved to a new school at the height of COVID protocol was recruited by her art teacher and her homeroom teacher to attend art club after school. So she texted us. We gave our permission for art club. When she got there, it was actually GSA or Gender and Sexuality Awareness or Alliance Club. And the teacher had invited in a completely unqualified outside presenter who did unthinkable things with the children. And I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. She told them what you hear in here, keep in here. She used flags to describe defining words, telling them that if they're not fully comfortable in their bodies, that means they're transgender. And then she would hand out the flags and stickers and bracelets and other swag She told them that queer is a label for when they're still figuring out their sexuality. She did the gender bread person, which explicitly asks kids who they're sexually attracted to. So 11, 12, 13 year olds with peers and adults in the room talking about their sexuality. Um, She handed out her personal contact information and invited them to connect on team chat platforms like WhatsApp and Discord, where she knows that parents are not monitoring the conversation. And she told them that families might not be safe and it's okay to lie about where they are. And in fact, the art teacher, as my daughter was leaving the room that day, pulled her aside and said, remember, you don't have to tell your mom.
0: Okay, so. Uh, uh, what happened? You bring this up. I've seen the emails. Uh, what has happened?
1: So thank God my daughter got in the car and I could see on her face when I picked her up that something was wrong. And so we probed and we're really fortunate that she told us what happened. We've seen all kinds of horror stories about teachers and and presenters like this leading kids down this transgender path you know, leading them into medical transition. So we're lucky we caught it right when it happened. Um, Somehow remained calm enough to follow the appropriate channels. I mean, we were livid. We were confused. We didn't even believe this was real at first. So our first step was to contact the woman who gave her personal information to my child. And her response was delusional. It doubled down on everything that she did. And so we demanded a sit down with the principal and he confirmed that this in fact happened in secret, that they always hold this meeting in secret because as a public school, they have to offer children a safe space. So essentially a safe space from their families. Um, We took it to the school board. They ignored my pleas for months when I finally got a sit-down with the board member. It turns out she's best friends with the woman who came into the classroom. Oh, my gosh. Volunteers with her organization. This woman has an organization called Skittles for kids 5 to 11 to talk about their sexuality and gender identity. And our school board member volunteers with Skittles. So we realized, and again, those FOIA emails showed that they immediately colluded. When I objected to what happened, they immediately colluded with the school board to keep me quiet. They referenced parents who find out as barriers that the school board has removed. They talked about sending social services into my home because I didn't like what they did with my child. Right, this they, is really
0: this, this. one is so far. Uh, I mean, all of it is over the line. But when they actually suggest that maybe we need to do a well check on this child, basically internally saying, is there something that the school district can do to uh, put this parent in their place? Maybe they're being abused. This child's being abused or maybe because they are transgender uh, and the parent doesn't want to admit it. So we're going to send in a well check team. That is a direct threat to you.
1: Absolutely. And they my daughter had never expressed gender dysphoria before. She never expressed that she'd had any trouble at home. They never spoke to me. I never spoke to any of the people that did these things before they decided to to talk about calling CPS. I think they knew we were at our most vulnerable moment as a family that they caused. And in the state of Colorado, if my child had said to CPS that I wasn't affirming her transgender identity, I firmly believe they would have removed her from the home. Oh, yeah, they would have. And that's... And the people knew this, right, when they suggested that CPS come to our home to remove our child. And if our child is not under our care, then they have full control of her brain and her heart.
0: My gosh, Erin. Can you believe you live in the United States of America? (laughs) Um, You
1: know, I'm... (laughs) colorado is off the rails in particular but this is happening everywhere i mean this isn't just unique to california and colorado this is happening in conservative states and conservative communities this kind of secretive sexuality programming and vilifying parents you know assuming that parents are evil until proven innocent it's happening everywhere
0: so where does it stand now
1: (laughs) still has not been addressed nothing nothing has happened
0: Nothing Nothing has happened.
1: happened. We got a lot of false promises from school administration. A lot of, you know, they showed empathy. And I I realized now it was just gaslighting. They realized the the repercussions that could potentially happen. And it's Mm. happening right now for them. And they tried really hard to keep me quiet by making false promises. But my FOIA requests Mm. and, and their actions show me that it was just gaslighting.
0: So do you have any other parents that are standing with you?
1: You know, it felt for a long time like I was alone on an island with this issue, and I, I wanted to believe it was an isolated incident, and the more we've looked into it, we realize just how deeply this agenda runs in our school district, oh, and yeah. obviously the school board is involved, the teachers' unions are involved at the local level, at the state level, um, so we realize that, that this is an issue that isn't going away.
0: The, the teachers' unions, can you tell me about the involvement of the teachers' unions?
1: Yeah, well, they're, they're just deeply involved with our school board, with our decisions. Um, the woman who was in the classroom, this outside presenter, is an employee of the county health department. We have proof that she's had multiple meetings with the local school board president. Um, I'm sorry, school union uh, president. So we, we've just realized that they're all deeply entrenched with each other.
0: So what are you going to do now? I know, you're, I know your child is out at a Christian school doing fine now, but what,
1: what are you going to yeah. do? Yes, and I have a a second grader who remained in the school district for the rest of this year who will now be moving to a charter school that was founded on, you know, the principles of parental rights, and it's, it's really a pretty conservative school. So we're lucky that we removed our children, but parents need to get louder. Community members, grandparents, this, we have to speak up, especially at the school board level, and let them know that what they're doing isn't okay. Demand curriculum transparency. Other parents need to get their kids out of this district. It's not safe. Um, so I continue to, to sound the alarm because we tried every other avenue and it didn't work. I mean, we contacted the police after this happened. Had it been on a playground, that would have been my first call. The only reason I remained calm is because it was with a trusted teacher in a closed setting and I didn't fully understand everything that happened. But the police indicated that because there was no exposure of body parts or physical touch, that there are no legal repercussions. Um, but our sheriff did tell me I need to get loud because just because it's not illegal doesn't mean it isn't wrong. And other parents deserve the opportunity to protect their children like I couldn't.
0: I, I'll tell you, listen to your sheriff. Um, sheriff, th- that sounds like a good sheriff. Um, what, what town are you in or what district are you in?
1: So I'm in the Puder School District, which is Fort Collins, Colorado. We live in a small suburb outside of Fort Collins, only about 10,000 people. And Isn't that generally it's conservative?
0: Yeah, it's conservative, right?
1: It is, and so they target our area. Some of those FOIA emails revealed that they realize this is a conservative community, and so they're going to target it and put as much programming in place as they can. And they did. The week after this happened, this same woman was in our Boys and Girls Club with elementary age students. Same thing. Don't tell your parents. And some parents found out and and raised their concern. Now she's been removed from Boys and Girls Club, but she's in our libraries. So how can this be in a
0: conservative (laughs) community? Nobody is standing up with you.
1: Well, now they are. Okay, good. (laughs) I think it just has all been so secretive, and that's their intent. And again, in those emails, you can see that they said how we deal with this parent sets a precedent moving forward. So they knew that. you know They didn't want anyone to find out. And as soon as I found out, they knew that there would be some serious repercussions, and they tried very hard to keep me quiet. Um, but now that this has gained so much attention, there's a lot of people in the community who have spoken up and a lot of parents who have had this same thing happen. I've had multiple families reach out and say, this same thing happened with the same teacher in that school. What do we do? So a lot of people just didn't know. They didn't know to connect the dots. That is an so unsafe.
0: That's an unsafe teacher.
1: Who still teaches and who is still the GSA sponsor at that school.
0: I mean, how? I mean, because of the teachers' unions, you'll never get rid of them. But I mean, I am a big supporter of the arts, huge supporter of the arts. Uh, I'm an artist myself, uh, and I, my children's school really, you know, doesn't have you know the arts in their school. It's a academic school, so they don't do the arts very well. And I have to tell you, it bothers me. But I would never put my kid in that art class with an uh, I think that's an unsafe teacher. When I can't Agreed. when I can't go and meet with a teacher and know that I'm hearing the truth about what my child is doing, I got no time for you. These people think, you know, like like uh, Joe Biden said, that these are their children while they're there. No they're not. You work for me. I don't work for you. <sighs>
1: That's the assumption that these children belong to them. And since this happened, our school has hired three administrative staff, a chief academic equity, diversity, inclusion, oh, in triple what a teacher makes. They hired a DEI coordinator and they hired an LGBTQIA plus coordinator in a town has,
0: of <laughs> yeah. 10,000.
1: Well, for the school district, but her her job description literally says coaching students advancing LGBTQIA programming and increasing gender support plan.
0: I I have to tell you, uh, we're talking to Erin Lee. She's a full-time working mom of three and now has another full-time job of just trying to figure out what's happening in her school and school district. Uh, I have to tell you, I I these teachers unions, if you are a teacher and you are still paying your dues, and I, parents, start telling your teachers this if you are still paying dues to a teacher's union you don't have to belong to you're part of the problem i don't care how great you are how trusted you are i cannot trust you if you're still helping fund this kind of stuff anyway aaron welcome back yeah so you were you were saying uh, this new um, uh, gender equity uh, consultant at the school is, is doing something that I don't think I've heard of. What was it?
1: Gender support plans and they're, they're secretive. So it's, I'm not shocked that you haven't heard of them, but everyone needs to be aware because they do these everywhere. It's not just here in Colorado. It's happening everywhere. These gender support plans are essentially transition plans for children, So written plans to transition their gender, and usually these happen in secret. The gender support plans have verbiage for the educators to gauge parents' support, and if the support is low, they don't tell them. And it's happening in our elementary schools here, and this person was hired to increase gender support plans, so secretly transitioning kids in our public schools. This is evil.
0: This is just straight-up evil. It is. I mean, uh, uh, who do you think you are? And to keep it secret, to keep it secret, that's the problem. You want a transition plan? Great. Present it at the school board hearing. Let let the community see it, you know? And then if you want to protect the kids, uh, you know, their identity while they're doing it, how can you do that? How can they transition and keep it from the kids at school? They'll just keep it from the parents. My gosh, this is evil. Just evil.
1: Right. And not just that, our, this LGBTQ coordinator and our director of student services and other school staff have directed all nurses in our district to, first of all, if a child comes to you for anything, ask their pronouns. So if a kindergartner has a tummy ache, first question is, okay, what's your pronoun? If I call home, what name do I call you? But they've also been instructed to not tell parents if a child is suicidal, cutting oh my gosh suicide. oh so
0: now my we're gosh
1: suicide attempts from parents as well
0: and what is the reason for that
1: because parents aren't safe <sighs> parents might not be safe so if we tell parents that this child is suicidal it's going to make it worse get so your kids
0: all- out of schools get them out of these schools we vote for people that will give school choice and the money will follow the children. This has got to stop. It's got to stop. Uh, Aaron, you contact me anytime uh, that you need some uh, backup reinforcement. You need people to know about something. You call me anytime. All right.
1: Thank you. I will.
0: God bless you. Thank you so much. Aaron Lee in Fort Collins, Colorado. Where are you, parents? Where are you, conservatives? Are you standing up?